stand for the word of God. John 1, 1 through 18. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in a darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but, God, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world has made, was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of, or of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we, all, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He was made he has made him known. This is the word of God. Thank you. Well, good morning. Um, it's always fun to come and preach uh, at different churches. And it's always amazing when somebody comes up and like tells all about all of the things that I've done. Um, God is always so kind to humble me right afterwards when I just completely flub a part of the service. Um, <laughs> God's great in that. Uh, my name is Joel. Uh, it's good to be with you. I've been with you a few times. And um, as Pastor Nick reached out to me to preach um, on this Sunday, I was wondering, like, should I just recycle an old sermon? Should I come with something that I've preached a hundred times that I know and I know well? And God, uh, through the study of his word, uh, had been laying on my heart uh, the Gospel of John. And um, I've been reading it now for about two or three months straight, just kind of reading through it in different translations, uh, writing on it. And, you know, it's, it's really difficult for me uh, to get past this first 18 verses of the Gospel of John. Uh, not because I'm super spiritual, um, not because I've written books or I've gone and spoken places. Not because I'm like caught up in the majesty or the glory of this text. Not because, um, not because uh, it's hard to read or hard to understand. But simply because I'm a, I'm a person who uh, struggles with doubt. Um, which is kind of weird to say as you're standing up here um, as the pastor. Uh, if anyone is like doubting Thomas, if we could even call him that, um, it would be me. 
Uh, I, wake every, I wake up most mornings and wonder to myself, God, uh, are you here? <laughs> um, are you with me today? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a guy who deeply struggles uh, with doubt. And that doubt manifests itself in so many different ways. Um, it manifests itself in a level of skepticism towards the goodness of God. It, le- it manifests itself in not really, uh, man, in talking a good game a lot of the time. Um, whereas inside of me, I have this like little nagging thing that's just like, Joel, do you actually believe that? Um, it's hard to get past this first 18 verses of John. I love the Gospel of John. Uh, it's been a steady companion for me in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of my uh, depression, in the midst of my doubt. Um, it's been a steady companion, the Gospel of John. Uh, this beloved disciple um, has been, uh, he's been a close friend to me uh, through it. Uh, and the reason is, is because John was written for people just like me. Um, John was written for people who, who don't believe like they should. <laughs> In fact, the Gospel of John was written so that we could believe. I mean, that's, that's legitimately what the Gospel of John says. I wrote this so that you might believe. Um, <laughs> And what's fascinating to me is, uh, as I was reading through this, I just kept, I kept circling the word believe, 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 over and over again. And um, it's amazing how much the Gospel of John is written. How much of the Gospel of John is taken up in this idea of believing. Of believing what he says, of believing that this man actually was a man, um, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Was a human being, became flesh for people like me who would look at him and be like, "Eh, really? Did he? Um... He became flesh and lived a life of faithfulness for people like you and like me who would say, "Eh, really, does he love me? Does his steadfast love really endure forever? Because it sure as heck doesn't feel like it. This chapter is uh, is just, this section of this chapter is is phenomenal because it, it really calls into contrast This amazing thing that God has done, right? Uh, Like, we see it in two big parts in here. We see this contrast between Jesus and John, and then Jesus and Moses. And in it, God comes to us and he says, look, Joel, um, in one sense, it really doesn't matter what what you think about me. I am God. In one sense, it says, like, Joel, you think that you, that you're hot stuff, you think that you can really do this, you're nothing but a signpost for me. 
You're nothing but just someone who points the way and says, hey, (laughs) there's someone who comes who's better than me. Uh, Don't look at me, look at him. This chapter comes to me and says, Joel, you think you're going to earn this through your ability to keep the law? You think your job as a pastor is to tell other people how to live? No, 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 no. That ministry is, that's, that's passed away. That, that ministry came through Moses. Joel, you aren't better than Moses. But Jesus is. So today, we're just going to look at this. Um, It's a little bit dangerous when your pastor only has one page of notes. I'm just telling you right now. um, But I only have one page of notes. And even scarier, I only have two points. (laughs) So this, this could get to be a little bit of a bumpy ride, but we'll see what happens. First point is that the everlasting word became flesh. The second point is that that word has spoken a better word. Really simple stuff. The everlasting word became flesh. And that word has spoken a better word. First of all, we start out and we we see this in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And that ought to set off like alarm bells in our heads, right? In the beginning, where does that... Where those three words draw our minds back to. Draws our minds back to creation, right? Um, Jesus, the Word. The Word of God was there. He was there in the beginning before there was anything He was. He was with God. Everything was created through him. Through the power of his word, things came into being. Um, I don't know about you. I don't know if you've ever tried this, but as a kid, I tried it once. Um, More than once. (laughs) I tried to speak something into being. (laughs) Didn't work. (laughs) Shocker. The word spoke. Things came into being. In him was life. And that life became the light of men and the darkness did not overcome it. Could not overcome it. Um, I wonder if you've ever tried this. Maybe if you haven't, you can try it when you go home uh, tonight. Go into a room in your house. Maybe take your kids. I was going to say for the kids to go into a room, but there's only a few of you. So kids, go into a room of your house. Um, Hopefully it's a big room. It would be sweet if we could do it here, but there's too much light. Make sure it's an interior room with no windows. Kids, you got it right? No windows. And then close all the doors and shut off the light. All right, you got me, you're tracking, right? Um, Then this is the part where you're going to need your parents. So have your parents in there with you. If you got a lighter or maybe a match, light a match, right? And what happens? Right, at first you can't see anything, right? I mean, it's dark. You can't see. But then when you light a match, what happens? 
you can see a little bit, right? You can see right around. Maybe you can see each other's faces, and it's kind of fun to do. And it's like the light is there. The light is there. But the problem is, in a dark room like that, especially if it's a big one, what's still overwhelmingly there? Darkness is still there. But you see, kids... When Jesus comes on the scene, it's not just like he lights a little match. It's like Jesus turns the lights on in the room. And what happens then? The light overcomes the darkness. You see, dearest friends, it's kind of like this. kind of like this it's kind of like we walk our lives in darkness um if you're here and you struggle with depression you know exactly what i'm talking about Uh, you walk your life in darkness if you're here and you struggle with doubt or anxiety you know right where where i'm at you walk your life in darkness you feel like there's only a little bit of light around you Dear friend, you're here and you may be struggling with a sin. A sin that you hate and it's eating you alive. And you feel like you're walking in darkness. Or maybe you struggle with a sin and you really love it. (laughs) But you see it's killing you. You feel like you walk in darkness. Take heart, friend. Take heart. Jesus has overcome. Jesus has overcome your darkness. He's overcome the thing inside of you that makes you think to yourself, Joel, I can't see. Jesus is the light. He's the light who brings life with him. You see, creation in many ways, the creation account is, was real. I mean, don't, don't take what I'm saying next to mean that it's not real. But the creation account in many ways is a metaphor for salvation. <laughs> God walks on the scene. In the scene of our hearts. And our hearts are just like a swirling dumpster fire. It's just like rolling down the street in a flood. I don't know if you've ever seen that, that, that gif. But it kills me every time I see it. Because I'm like, that's me. It's like a dumpster that's literally on fire. That's floating along in a flood, right? Um, that's like my heart daily. And I'm like, the light has overcome the darkness? This Jesus brings me life? God gives us this passage as a as an anchor. An anchor for our souls. An anchor for our hearts to confess in the midst of the crazy 
in the midst of the difficulty, God has come on the scene and he's flipped on the lights. John the Baptist shows up. Um, He shows up and it's like, people are like, dude, are you the Messiah? I didn't literally say that, but I mean, we're in Southern California. Dude, are you the Messiah? (laughs) And John's like, bro, you got the wrong dude. (laughs) Like, if I'm the Messiah, we're all hosed. Um, He comes as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe. He wasn't the light. Um, There was a different light. Um, But he bore witness about the light. You see, the great thing for that is, um, the great thing about this, is that so often, like, um, there's this great psalm, Psalm 73, uh, where the psalmist is like, man, like, God, I look at my circumstances, I look at the world around me, and I'm like, dude, God, if you're with me, then, like, it just does not feel like it today. And if I were to confess this, then your people would slip. Your people would be undone. You see, the beauty about John the Baptist and him being put in here is that God is building a contrast between Jesus and the people around you. So often we want to look at the people around us and like say, oh, well, if Joel can do this, then I can do this. Oh, well, if so-and-so... And then that person ends up being just as much of a mess as you are when the truth comes out. (laughs) But the great thing about the gospel is it gives us the ability to confess the truth to each other. Because we are all already know. We all already know that we aren't the light. (laughs) That we aren't the one, we aren't the creator, we aren't the one who can bring light out of darkness, who can change everything, who can flip the world on its head. We aren't the ones who can do that. But you know what, friends? There is one who did do that, and his name is Jesus. The thing that gets me about this is that it takes the pressure off. It takes the pressure off. So often I think we think we need to live. We need to live in a way where we overcome, where we do this, where we gain victory, where we slay, where we ba 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 ba, right? On and on and on the list goes. Where we, where we, where we. If you don't believe that, just look at people's social media accounts. I mean, it's just real simple right there, right? Um, where we curate our lives, you know, like a curator curates a museum. He lines it up so that when you walk through the door, you see things and experience them in a certain way. We curate our lives on social media. I mean, I don't know. You can follow me. I, I would love it. It's basically going to be pictures of my crazy life. But, you know, like I never post pictures. I never post pictures that show me at my darkest moments. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that? Like, I mean, it's great. And we have this whole thing now where it's like, um, we want to have like humility, right? So maybe, maybe you take a picture of your house and it's dirty, you know, 
And it's like, oh, my kids, blah, 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 hashtag love them or something like that, right? And um, hashtag messy mom. Um, and you put that stuff out. And it's like, oh, what a, good, what a good parent I am. But the funny thing is you never put an Insta video of you screaming at your kids to clean up your house the next moment, right? <laughs> um, like maybe you go out to a great dinner, right? And you take pictures of the dinner. And you're like, oh, so good. Home-cooked meal or whatever it is. Oh, love steak. Hashtag blessed. Um, and then, but you, you never show yourself eating that. And then on the way home, picking up a, a hamburger from Jack in the Box, right? You don't show your gluttony right after it. You don't show yourself in the line at Walmart in the middle of the night sneaking out to buy a Snickers bar. You put things on social media like, oh, I stand with the oppressed, right? Hashtag fight for justice. And yet you don't show what's going on in your heart when you think about and you categorize and you classify another driver on the road. You see, John the Baptist was just as big of a mess as we are. And praise God, it isn't up to John the Baptist. Praise God, it's not up to you and I to overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. It's not up to us to do that because Jesus did it for us. He is the life light. He is the one who comes and overcomes the world. He is the one who has made flesh. Second point, the word became flesh. You know, um, this always blows my mind, and usually we don't talk about this until Christmas time. But what's crazy to me is that uh, Jesus became a man. Holy smokes. Um, like, if that doesn't rock your world, then you need to go back and, like, hashtag reread the Bible. Um, sorry. Uh, <laughs> you need to go back and take a look at that, right? I mean, think about this. The person, the very person whose word flung galaxies into space. had to be nursed at his mother's breast. The one who created all things, everything, had to go to school. The one who invented logic, the one who invented verbal communication, had to learn. Like, he didn't just come as, like, a pre-packaged, like, Mensa. He had to learn. The one who created the law had to learn obedience. 
That one actually came from the Bible. Think about that for a moment. The Word became flesh. The everlasting became mortal. How can it be? You see, and the people were looking, they're like, man, we really need a Messiah. <laughs> like, that'd be great right now, God. Uh, we're under Roman oppression. It'd be fantastic to have someone to come deliver us. So they see John the Baptist, and they're like, bro. And he's like, nah. And then they're like, oh, well, who? And he's like, well, someone who comes after me. And they're like, mm, I'm not sure about that. Because Jesus isn't the person they want him to be. Jesus isn't the Messiah they wanted him to be. You see, what they were thinking was strong, powerful, majestic leader to overthrow and build a kingdom, a geographical kingdom. And Jesus is like, nah, my work's so much better than that. So much more beautiful than that. I'm going to dwell with you. I mean, could you imagine being Jesus? Like kids, right? You get this. Um, periodically, your parents discipline you and they're totally wrong, right? I mean, you get that. Um, I do it all the time to my kids. Kids, parents, even though we, we do know a lot, right? Um, we, we don't know everything. We aren't God. Um, we don't make the, the darkness go away. We just turn on the light and trust that someone else is doing their job. Could you imagine kids being Jesus? And just take, take a minute. And just imagine being Jesus, right? You like literally never do anything wrong. Um, literally. Uh, not just metaphorically. But you literally do nothing wrong in your life. And yet, parents, you got to know that like Mary and Joseph, like they got, they got tricked at least once by the other kids. I mean, you know, Jesus' older brother was like, come on, it was him. And they're like, yeah, probably. And then they discipline him, right? He's the word of God, the perfect one. Never once. And yet, kids, he submitted to that. He allowed himself to be disciplined by his parents, by his teachers. He allowed himself to do that even though he was totally perfect. Why? Why would you do that? I mean, if it was me, I'd be like, right, come on. I'm Jesus. Don't forget the angel appeared to you, mom, dad. Like, literally, he showed up. He did that. He willingly submitted himself to that, to that. So that he could bring true life. So that kids, we could know that even when we mess up, Jesus did it all for us. Jesus accomplished it all for us. You see, Jesus is not Moses. Jesus didn't come to bring another law. 
Jesus didn't come to say, oh, yeah, you got to, you got to, you didn't do the Ten Commandments. Here's ten more. Maybe you'll obey then. Jesus didn't do that. Because he knew, right? I mean, we know the law is good. Paul tells us that in Romans. The law is good. It's holy because it exposes to us God's character. And yet Paul also says that the law is a ministry of death. Why? Because we can't do it. We can't do it. So Jesus, the word of God, became flesh and dwelt among us. And he's shown us his glory. Glory that he got from the Father. Glory that is full of grace and truth. And what does John do? John's like, ah, I'm crying out in the wilderness. (laughs) I'm crying out as a witness. This is him. And people are like, eh, maybe. His own people didn't receive him. The world didn't know him. What's amazing to me about this, what I love about this, is that this really does speak to my heart. You see, there's nothing that John does to merit this Jesus coming. There's nothing that you and I do to merit, to win, to afford, to make Jesus like do something for us, right? Like my wife yesterday told my son, go blow off the patio and I'll buy you a fishing lure. So what does my son do? He runs off, runs out, blows off the patio. He gets a fishing lure, right? That's not how it works with us and God. It's not how it works with us and God. God doesn't come to us and give us another law. He doesn't come to us and say to us, oh, like you've really got to, you've really got to keep it in line, Joel. That was Moses' job, right? Moses' job was the one who was to stand and say, you guys, this is what we've got to do. And then Israel, like a, a bunch of human beings, um, said, all this we will do. And then the prophets keep coming and they're like, you failed again, you failed again, you failed again. And they're like, oh my goodness. And then we end up like the Apostle Paul saying, man, I keep doing the dumb things I don't want to do. And the things I want to do, I can't do. What's wrong with me? And Jesus comes. What's amazing to me in this passage is there's nothing that we really do in it. (laughs) It's unbelievable. There's no quid pro quo. There's no do this and I'll give you that. Jesus says, believe. Believe. And we're like, wait a second, isn't belief my own? Like, don't I have to choose to believe? But no, we know that that's just a gift from God. He gives us from the power of the Spirit. Believe. 
Heidelberg Disputation 26 says this, the law says do this and it's never done. Grace says believe this and everything is already done. You see, that's grace. That's truth. That's the ministry of Jesus. And it shows us what God is like. You see, in the middle of my doubts, Jesus shows me. Jesus reminds me. In the middle of my questioning, questioning the goodness of God, questioning whether God is really for me, and then questioning whether I'm a Christian or not because I question God. Jesus doesn't come and heap more law on me. (laughs) In the middle of my fears, Jesus doesn't leave me in the dark. In the middle of my depression, he becomes my light. So what's there left for me to do? What's there left for me? It's left for me to look to Jesus. It's left for me, even when I'm not looking at Jesus, to know that the confession is true. That this passage is true. What's left for me? Mm. This is a great, a great song. Um, it's an old song. I'm going to attempt to sing it without any music. Ooh, watch out. Here we go. It goes like this. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. May God make Redemption Church a church that faithfully proclaims that the light has come and has overcome the darkness. And may you go out emboldened and empowered by the freedom that Christ has won for you, knowing that He has accomplished it all. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let's pray.